0: Hello and welcome to AMO Kenzoku episode 30. We are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who wanted an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. The Kenzoku are Sam. Hello. Nick. Hello. Mike. Hey, all And I am Dylan. This episode's being recorded on the 30th of March. 2023. Today we are discussing Captain Harlock TV, roughly the first five episodes. So that's where we're at. Hashin. Before we get into today's handy topic, we'll go over a couple uh, additions and and things there. I'll uh, pass it off to Sam. You had a thing you wanted to mention? Uh,
1: Yeah, I just wanted to talk about um, Handyman Saito a little bit, the current show that's I think now is just wrapped up. I haven't finished watching it, but when we we had the episode, uh, middle of the episode, I peeked at what the latest chapter of the manga looked like, and it was pretty like gruesome looking, with like Saito getting like flesh ripped off his arms, and it was totally not what I was seeing in the show. You know, like the first few episodes of the show, but you keep watching the show, and you really can see how it ends up there because the show actually does get kind of serious. Um, which was really surprising and it really drew me in um, with all that stuff. Uh, It was like, in my opinion, it does all the right things with an isekai show where uh, they do kind of tackle head on how the main character ends up getting transported there. It's a kind of a major plot point. Um, And yeah, I think that makes it really unique and engaging. So I don't know if, if, if anybody else who has continued watching it feels the same way.
0: Uh yeah, I'm I'm watching it. I'm on episode ten. Uh and I think it's it's still good. Yeah, there definitely is some more nasty stuff. And uh yeah, I think it's been a, a pleasantly surprising show. Is it like the greatest thing I've ever seen? I'm like, <laughs> no, but no. it's it's definitely better than, you know, my farming life. <laughs> you know, if we're gonna put that up there, um, yeah. Uh, and bar. I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean too about yeah. There definitely are some parts that get pretty uh, nasty, but they also, I think they at some point they kind of there. There's a, a bit at the uh, at later parts that is kind of nasty and not sure where it's going, but it also ends up being kind of hilarious at the same time, and then mm-hmm. goes back and forth nasty, and uh, it's not not like terrible bad animation stuff or anything it's it's just kind of a funny thing um mm-hmm. so yeah i was yeah i was pleasantly surprised with that show
2: yeah i've been uh i've been rather busy with with real life matters so anime's kind of taken watching has been taken a hit but i had i did manage to catch at least f1 i like of, of handyman's light too and yeah i was very uh pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed. It considering the rest of winter is kind of a dumpster fire for me, so <laughs> yeah. I do. I do look forward to watching the rest of it. Um, it seems to be a bright spot in an otherwise pretty dim season.
0: Continuing with that, I was I was kind of curious, and we don't have to go forever into this, but um, from winter, what other shows are people still watching?
1: Hmm. I'm still watching, obviously, Handyman Saito. I'm watching Campfire Cooking. I'm watching Giant Beast of Ours. Uh, it sounded
0: it sounded like you were more regretting watching that one as it goes on.
1: <laughs> yeah, as it goes on, it's kind of getting more and more mediocre. Um, I think most of the shows this season are kind of like that. They're not great. Um,
0: I mean, if if Sam, if your top two shows are two isekais, that's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: says it all. And yeah both of those guys have their own issues right so they're not like super great um but Saito is definitely my favorite of them oh *Try against Stampede is the other one the notable that I'm watching
0: how was that one has that one been saying interesting gotten better different
1: uh it's been pretty much the same I but Orange Stills did a good job they've kept the animation quality up which you know it's CG lets you do that um so yeah, I I don't know, I can't complain. If you didn't like it in the beginning, you won't like it as it goes on because it's 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 kind of the same, although it starts to focus more on the actual plot instead of, you know, introduction type stuff.
0: Okay. Anything else of note that anyone's watching or anything that anyone's decided is glorious and needs to be shared?
2: Oh, well, pretty much the exact same list for me. So
3: Okay. Yeah, I haven't really watched any farther, but I have tabs open for Handyman Saito and giant beasts of ours and the fire hunter and have not made much progress on them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, So I'm going to go with uh, on that uh, kind of going back to previous, previous episode. um, I just want to go ahead and uh, say fall 22. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for anything bad. I said about any of your shows (laughs) chainsaw, man, all the trash we talked about you. I'm I'm sorry. I regret it. You didn't have to... I've learned my lesson now. Um, Won't do it again. (laughs) Won't do it I I probably will do it again, but I'll try not to. Um, I definitely want to apologize to uh, Akiba Maid War opening because it's fabulous. I don't know what I was thinking when I said I didn't love it. It's great. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to i'm gonna advocate that at some point we do a show an a whole episode on akiba made war because oh yeah it's, oh i would uh,
2: be on board with that
0: it's a it's a show that is way cooler than it ever should have been pa uh, so, works so, man
2: they work magic yeah.
0: so that that's my that's my mea culpa to fall 22 <laughs> i'm sorry my bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and unrelated to that and this may be relevant depending on when this episode comes out but tickets are available for the Suzume movie the new uh, Makoto Shinkai movie you can you can go find those on the internet and go catch it in a the theater wherever you can and I'm I'm super looking forward to actually going out to a theater and seeing that it's playing at my uh my local independent cinema that's like a mile from my house so oh, totally sweet. going there
1: walk to the theater oh.
0: yeah it was uh, it was very cool. It was uh oh gosh, I don't remember. 2 years ago or something now. They had a they had there was a new like 8K restoration of Akira that they played there. Oh. And it's like a old-style theater, so it doesn't have like, you know, the super RPX seats or whatever. It's got the old-style mm-hmm. seats and everything, but man, seeing Akira on that on a huge screen was pretty mind-blowing.
2: I didn't even know if that there there were theaters out there that supported 8K.
0: I don't know if their th- screen was like 8K, but at least it was like the master was or something is what they said. So it, I doubt that their projector was, mm-hmm. um, okay. but it's one of those things where it's okay. You know, it's like, hey, we got the extra bits. Let's, you know, make it look nice. All right. Any Anything else before we get into talking about Harlock TV? Nothing from me. Not on my end. Okay. So Harlock TV, we kind of got on this from uh, from watching... Uh, Arcadia of my youth, and then we all had, a I think, a fairly positive feeling about that, and we were all kind of interested, and be like, all right, well, let's go watch original Harlock TV, and if anyone wants to pause and watch episodes, because we didn't tell you head, it's up on uh, Crunchyroll, they have it all, it's subtitled, it looks pretty good, frankly.
2: For being um, a 40-something-year-old show, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll start with some opinions of the thing, which is that I... Frankly, I I really love this show. I think it is oh. Yeah, oh yeah, I think it's fabulous. Like I'll give a caveat, which is that I honestly think that you could probably just skip the first two episodes and not watch them and start at episode 3 and you wouldn't really be missing much. And that's like I think episode three is is fabulous, and I think most of the episodes after that
3: are pretty great. Yeah, I also feel like it starts slow but picks up.
1: It Starts out with um, uh, Mayuko stuff, right? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay.
0: Yeah, Mayuko and the the nasty Earth Inspector General, uh, who's trying to capture Harlock. Um, yeah and it does that for the first two eps and then the third one is the is the one where the uh or the end of the second up, the giant Mazon ball of death descends to earth and um
2: and i love how the earth government was just like eh yeah are not sure what it is yeah it took out a piece of the city yeah a lot of people burned to death but you know eh
1: i do want to say that the the first i think it's in the first episode has one of my favorite um funny moments in it where like the, the like security force is like chasing after harlock and like he escapes in the arcadia and then one of the guys is like oh we're saved now we don't have to fight him <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I, I thought that one, was
1: great
2: one thing i'll say it get, because i i watched the least out of i think everybody here so you know i'm just going to have some more less details and more just kind of general feeling sentiment stuff but Tonally, Harlock TV feels very different from Arcadia. uh, Having watched them like in quick succession, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, like man, you thought to give to to give a perspective, like from a more more modern standpoint, like the stuff that's different in the Eva rebuilds pales in comparison to how divergent Arcadia is from Harlock TV. Is how I feel like tonally. Mm -hmm. It feels very—I mean—I mean—it feels odd saying this since this is obviously the older show, but it, initially, at least, it feels very kind of uh, irresponsible, Captain Tyler-esque, like a very, <laughs> yeah, you know, very lighthearted crew who, when it matters, can you know pull their weight, but otherwise, it's a bunch of kind of goofballs like like playing shogi in the middle of the halls and chasing around cats and stuff. Like it was uh, not what I expected to see.
3: Yeah, not what Daiba expected to see either.
2: Yeah, also, you know, not again, not not to dominate this too much, but at least in the first, you know, f- five, six episodes, personally, it feels like Tadashi, Daiba Tadashi's the main character, not Harlock. Like, it's focusing a lot on him, so. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, he's kind of meant to be the young audience point of view character.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Those also, it not.
3: always takes me a few eps to remember that he's voiced by Kamiya Akira, because yeah, right. I am not used to him voicing, I guess I would say, characters that don't have his usual level of confidence slash insanity.
2: <laughs> a- adolescent people, yeah. Usually he plays kind of like more
3: very... Like, like older pop. brother type at mm-hmm. the youngest, almost.
2: Yes, exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm not sure that... Um, Daiba is younger than, say, Mendo Shutaro, but he certainly feels it. Looks
2: like he's listed as 14 in the wiki, so let's go with that.
1: Sure. So, like, 35 in anime. In you
4: know?
1: anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way about the, like, Harlock movie to this. Like, the, the change is so stark, and I feel for the worst. Like, after watching the TV show, and while I won't say that I love it as much as um, Dylan seems to, I did enjoy it, and the movie just felt so lost. It, I, yeah, I feel cheated um, by the movie. Like,
2: I think I think the big thing the movie offered that you don't get in TV because for the because of the absence of the character is that is the bromance between um Harlock and Tochiro because Tochiro doesn't exist technically in TV, right? So.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he'll be there in flashbacks later and you'll get some bromance from what I remember, but it's a while until you see him.
2: Because it's I mean, I guess, you know, we're talking about. it. So it's it's heavily inferred at the very beginning the that the grave that Harlock is visiting is Tochiro, and then you find out that it's his daughter, that's Mayuko, right?
1: Oh, that, yep. okay. I didn't guess that, That, but that makes total sense.
2: Yeah, and so that's why Harlock kind of, you know, is it, he risks his life constantly to go visit Mayu, because she's, you know, basically the, the last... I, is the mother in the picture? I, I don't know if they ever really discussed that or not.
0: I mean, so. I would. I would assume not if she's at a an orphanage. To be, yeah, like an yeah. an, an or, I'll call it an orphanarium because it's in the future. So I <laughs> yeah. assume it's, it's, it's <laughs> assume it's in the same future on the world. Um, just a different timeline.
1: I knew she was important because the guy built the ship, but for some reason my brain was just not on, and I didn't think, oh yeah, okay
0: yeah there's a bunch there's so much i think there's just so much interesting stuff and i, I think I agree with you Sam that I feel once I saw the t v series it kinda i, I kinda agree with you where you're feeling most feeling like cheated like in the movie it's like yeah in the movie you do get to see um like the origins of how he gets his scar in his eye and he gets the bird mm-hmm. and Oh you yeah, know, the has, bird.
2: The, has, the has, dichotomy of the bird
0: has <laughs> has has fun times with with Tochiro. but yeah, I feel overall that the um, I feel like there's a lot more variety in character design as well in the TV that the the women like, in particular, are not drawn to f- where they don't all feel for sure the yeah. same.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you have like the main ones air quotes you know like the 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 bridge officer ones and then you have like the other crew ones that look like they could be standing characters in sazai-san like is how they're drawn <laughs> like they look totally they totally look incongruous like the rest of the crew um especially the the first officer the the the, the otaku the the ship otaku what the heck's his name um is it Yataran? yeah yeah he he's hilarious and he's designed completely differently from other matsumoto characters so, which I do enjoy actually like that like that uh kinda thrown together because that, that's what it feels like, right is that whole crew feels kind of thrown together, so
4: mm.
3: yeah, I do feel like Arcadia short changes you on the larger crew dynamics. I wonder if that's to make room for you know all of the other characters that it has to fit in on the um Takargan and. Illuminus and Earthsides compared to what we meet in Harlock TV.
2: Also, like the different. I mean, Harlock kind of feels similar in both. Kind of, you know, like a man of few words kind of character. But the uh, what, what's her face, the harp uh, mime? Is it La Mime? Yeah, the harp mm-hmm. playing one. Like totally different in TV series. Mm-hmm. She's like an oh, alcohol. Yeah. She's like an alcoholic, you know, harp player and kind <laughs> of. You know, not exactly sure what her role is, but she seems important since she's got her own special quarters. Whereas in in Arcadia, she's like kind of a agent of the Illumidus, I guess, and then jumps sides really quickly.
3: I don't think she's even supposed to be the same character, just a very similar one. Like, I think there's a name difference or something. It's, it's uh. like
0: Mime versus La Mime, La Mime. I think. Mm, yeah, maybe. I, think but, I mean, something it's something like that. It's
1: clear who she represents to, like, fans, right? It's the same person. Yeah,
2: like, no no mouth, like, kind of, you know, very traditional alien-looking-esque face, but, you know, more elongated, <laughs> and Matsumoto-esque. But, but, yeah, I mean, again, I enjoyed the one in TV quite a bit more, like, the personality. Because, you know, the whole thing of, oh, yeah, her race only can subsist off of alcohol, so that's why she's drinking all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a justification I'm willing to buy.
1: I feel like she has a nice, a, a more interesting role, too. It's like she's almost like a... a... Confidant or advisor for Harlock, whereas Mm, in in the movie she's just kind of like I don't know. It sounds bad, but just like there for eye candy, she doesn't really do anything. Um, she just kind of like switches sides at one point.
0: Yeah, I agree. She's very much yeah like a yeah confidant or a consultant or something. She's Mm -hmm. the
2: not not to not to get too nerdy, but she kind of seems like uh, the equivalent of uh, what was it Diana Troy to. John Luke mm-hmm. Picard kind of. uh oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I was I was having the, I was trying to think of the right uh, character from Next Generation as well. I feel like that's <laughs> a very similar relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So some other things that I think are uh, I'll, I'll go with things that I think that that I think drew me and I think are really are very cool. One, I, I think the music in this show is is just I think oh, it's dude, great. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Soundtrack is it's fabulous. It's very well paste in there um i don't know if there's it's such a hard thing to talk about without you know like playing a bunch of music or breaking it down but it's just one of those things where you hear you know like they say like a a hit is a hit Mm -hmm. and you know you hear that music you're like oh this is is a good soundtrack
2: i mean that that sea shanty they play
1: like oh oh, man (laughs) that 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 hooked me right like the the Literally watching the show, having it start out with that that song, the what do they call it, like the song of the Wandering Ship, it was like, oh man, that that gave me chills, man. It was so great because I was just kind of it it put me in the mindset of like I'm out here in space, and then like this forced song is playing over the radio of my ship, like just kind of quietly getting louder. It's like yeah, then that that would that would freak me out. Like, That was really cool.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I will go with uh, another another thing that I think and you can. I think episode three has a brilliant example of it is just like the animation segments. And, you know, Rintaro is one of those people that I'd always been like aware of, but I hadn't ever, honestly, I don't know how much of their stuff I'd seen or mostly it was like later, but like seeing this show. I was like super blown away by um when uh particularly in the segment of Daiba's Dad where he gets killed in episode three. Like I think that's one of the coolest mm-hmm. like death animation segment things like I've I've ever seen. Like from artistic concept through through execution and everything where it's just it is such a cool art and there's so many things in this in this whole show, I think, where there's Lots of these very nice nicely done artistic like art house kind of things that are really cool and just inventive use of animation
1: i I feel like most of the show feels very standard um the anime quality for that period um
3: which but... is very flat, very sparse with effects mm-hmm. but yet uses them judiciously like there are ty- a few times that it must have a multi-plane camera it's using because things are out of focus yeah it doesn't hit you over the head with the multi-plane camera effects like a lot of 80s anime do
1: yeah but then sometimes like ep3 um they have these moments where they're extremely creative um the other one that i can think of is uh the time when uh, Daiba chases the Mazone out in the ship, and he's like stranded, and he's going, getting all like uh, sweaty in there, and like it kind of transitions into like snow. I just thought that was really, that was really cool. Uh, and the other one I can think of is uh, there's that like museum kind of heist almost. That was a, I, I thought that like fight montage thing was was pretty mm-hmm. great too.
0: Yeah. Uh here I can't remember those exact I, I va- vaguely remember those things, but yeah, there's so many of these like I, I agree with that, whether a lot of the stuff is kinda like yeah, that very seventies kind of flat feel to it, but then yeah, you get these segments that you're just like, Oh, well this is incredible. I just wanna let's just let's just keep doing this kind of animation for the rest of the world or the rest of history. <laughs> yeah. Those are some things that I think are are super cool. Um a couple things that I think are very much like of the time, and also kind of just like weird. Um, it'll bring up like number one is their spacesuits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're it's like a weird, they look like they almost look like the uh, the robot guy from He Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's such a weird, incongruous design for the rest of the designs. of the show but i also kind of feel like that is a very 70s thing there where you'll get like some the show will be like very consistent with this art style and then there'll be this one thing they're just like why the heck does that look so different there and like doesn't seem to like like match up with the rest of the stuff um i don't know if people have other opinions on the on the spacesuits or, or something else that way
2: I mean, at that point in real world history, space travel's been around for what? About Fifteen years. Fifteen years since the moon yeah. landing. Is
3: that right?
0: Sixty-nine so, is the moon six,
3: landing. Yeah. So, so ten years from, moon, years from the moon, but years from the moon landing.
2: About yeah. Nine. nine, yeah, or seventy. So, and to be honest, I mean, astro—I mean, astronaut suits haven't really evolved a ton mm-hmm. since then in style, at least, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were just going with a stylistic decision based on the era. Because I feel like a lot of science fiction things kind of had more um, jump y looking spacesuits with really odd-looking helmets. So I think it's more of a, a design choice of the era than anything else.
1: Yeah, it felt like, it, it did feel like definitely a little incongruous, though, between like the rest of the styles in the show. So. It was, I I did have that feeling. I, I think they would look pretty neat, though. Just like going from Harlock's like literally pirate outfit to uh, just kind of a normal spacesuit with skulls on it was was interesting. But
2: actually, um, I I'd, I'd like to. I was I was thinking about it for digesting on it for a bit. I want to actually go back to Dylan's comment on Ep three and the Diba yeah. Doctor Diba's assassination scene because I agree that. The impact of that scene was significant because I was trying to think when, when, you know, it was a pretty prolonged scene as far as, you know, a scene like that goes. Like and it it, it well, there's very little dialogue, right? Assassination happens, Talashi walks in, sees his dad's dead, and then he's he himself almost gets killed, and then, you know, Harlock mysteriously appears and, and saves the day. And they have their back and forth. And then you normally I feel like in most shows that's where it would cut, but then it cuts back to him. Oh, actually, no way. He turns his dad's body over previous, or, or before that, and that's what freaked me out. Because like the way they drew his dad, you know, post mortem was to me really, really kind of just like creepy. Like you know, drool, like, drooling out of his mouth, the like you know, blank stare. I was just like, oh, like I, I oh, yeah. was actually, uh, I was actually unsettled. I'm kind of trying to think, and even in like heart like really, really mature anime, like how often are you actually like seeing a, you know a person who's a, 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 a corpse that has that kind of effect. I I mean there's a lot of shows that are violent, but it's vi- like viscerally violent. You don't really see like you don't really get, look at corpses, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of like a sh- another show at all that shows like a body and it has that effect on me. I'm really hard pressed to think of one at the moment.
0: Hmm. Yeah, good. We're going with yeah. There's there's not many where you get the effect of a uh of a body yeah and especially it was just that little bit of like i think it was honestly that little bit of kind of like yeah that drool and the dead dead looking eyes there you're just like eh, yeah
2: that really unnerved me like actually unsettled me like physically i actually kind of got cold and, and shivered a little bit which is pretty hard for me to do since i'm like a level 99 anime fan i've pretty much seen everything <laughs> but that really unsettled me actually i think it was because of in probably the you know, I haven't seen like a, a freshly killed person personally, but I would assume that's sim- not too dissimilar. And I think that's what probably you know really f- freaked me out about it. So I, I do agree, though. You know, that 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 cut, specific cut was probably the most memorable out of the episodes I watched. It was I was very impressed
0: by it. Another thing that I, I wanted to go, and this is in I, I marked it down at, at at episode five, minute thirteen. So we can all sync our Harlock clocks to that. Um, <laughs> But in that one, at that at that point, I know I you know, roughly there. Um, Daiba, I think that's the one where Daiba decides that he's going to come on board the ship permanently. Correct. It might be something. And but at that point, like Harlock gets a full on IQ ping, where it, it literally does like <laughs> the, it literally does like the ping like sound like that. And I was wondering, like, is that literally like the first like. I cupine like that. And I, I don't know how to call anything other than that. I'm like,
1: I had the same I, thought.
0: Like, mm, good point. Yeah. Um, but, mm. I, I'm like, cause I, we had, we've had this discussion on other things before of like, huh? Well, you know, there has to have been a, a first time that it was done in like an anime thing where someone had this cool idea and then it became memed, memed to heck before we even knew the term meme. Um, I, so it's one of those things where like, maybe it wasn't, it's possible that some, that there was another, you know, lesser known thing that did it, but I would, I would be highly surprised if most people that saw that and were influenced and, you know, copied it or parodied it for whatever, you know, fun or effect if they didn't get it from Harlock or something that was then directly affected from Harlock just because this show was very popular.
1: I do wonder if, um, just because of the cross-pollination of the industry kind of stuff, if there was an an interest in general, if there's maybe some toksatsu overlap, right? There could be, maybe Mm. it could have started over there, and this is more of the animation expression or something like that?
0: Oh, that yeah, that's quite possible. Yeah, something out of the, yeah, I hadn't thought about that.
1: Because I'm assuming the,
2: the effect has definitely existed before in another medium. Like I'm sure that it happened in the manga before, or, or maybe it happened in the Harlock manga, which still technically came before, right? Like I feel like a lot of these, you know, um, these common occurrence, like events in anime, a lot of them probably ha- have their origins in some kind of manga, I would think.
0: But it's just, it's just not the same with the eye oh, the glint and the yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah, it's but there's like... plenty of
2: manga where you still see like the eye glint. Oh the, yeah. the, the cupine on a monopia right? So it's uh, but I, but I do I do see what you're saying. I wouldn't be shocked if this was the first kind of mainstream application of it, and it was off of this that you know it kind of became a, a commonly used tool and well for since until now, right? I mean, I, I, you see it happen in all kinds of different anime all the time now, so
1: it doesn't seem like they they overused it right it's not like they knew what they this sounds wrong again but like this it's not like they necessarily knew what they were doing when they put it in there they just needed that effect and they didn't like today it's it's just kind of part of the, the um visual linguistics of anime right but like in this thing it feels like it is a thing that they they put in there. um because they felt like it belonged. up. I'm expressing this very poorly, but hopefully, you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Like,
0: yeah, no, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I've because uh, I've watched through episode twelve, and I haven't seen it again. So it's not something where they've like gone into it. There's been a couple other like glints, but it's more like a sun glint or something like that, mm-hmm. not literally someone's eye doing the Cupine. Yeah. Um, I was curious on the the manga thing, the manga thing, and uh, Mike. You might know. I, I was trying to figure like was is this one where the manga did come out first and the show was based off of the manga, or was it one where Matsumoto was kind of like making the manga like like as the anime was being done or at the same time? Do you do you have any knowledge there?
3: I really need to look up how this got how Harlock TV got greenlit, but the manga was serialized starting in 77, late 77. So, like, volume one of the manga came out, like, four months before TV started airing.
0: Looks like
2: it ran 77 to 79, the manga. I think.
3: So I'm going to say that they were probably more or less simultaneous development.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would make, that would make sense that it was, or at least it was something where he was writing it, you know, probably with the hopes of turning it into TV or something, or who knows, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, and it was just one of those short production time things that they got, they've had this cool thing and figured it out.
3: Well, as I said last episode, the funny thing is the Harlock character had been in manga since Gun Frontier in the early 70s, which is like the... Western, where Harlock and Tochiro are bros.
1: The, uh, yeah, the that's matsum- that is true. The Matsumoto thing of reusing his uh, his characters and <laughs> until yeah, he and gets Harlock
3: <laughs> had been supposed to be in Yamato, but got cut out of Yamato when the episode count was reduced. I
1: remember seeing that in uh, the Mercury Falcon video, and it- he seemed to think it was for the better. And I, I-, I- having not seen well, Yamato. Was-
3: Certainly better for Harlock as being an independent IP, since mm-hmm. it wasn't tied to all the squabbles and rights restrictions and everything else that happened with Yamato over the years, which I mm. don't, I'm not a huge expert on, but I know there were differences of opinion between Matsumoto and the other co creator of Yamato that ended up with Matsumoto mostly going his separate ways though I would suspect Yamato's hugely popular movie compilation in 77 might have had something to do with, like, 78 got us then both Harlock and Yamato's sequel, Yamato 2. I'm not sure if either of those would have happened or been as big as they did, Were at least if the Yamato compilation movie hadn't really been a big hit in my understanding.
1: Do you know how different Yamato is from from Harlock like um in terms of I don't know tone and theme?
3: I mean there are things that are similar and there are things that are very different. Um obviously you have Leiji Matsumoto style character designs, so that's a similar. You've got um Kamiya Akira playing the young character <laughs> the audience is supposed to identify with who kind of ends up in a fighter pilot role. You have the doctor who is a sake drunk. You have okay. the crazy-looking robot. Like, there's a bunch of elements that are very similar, mm-hmm. but they're thrown together in different ways. Interesting,
0: yeah. And the... uh couldn't really cover it, but yeah, Harlock TV aired from... Uh, very... Close to this time here started started airing on March March 14th of 1978, and went through to uh, February 13th of
3: 79. So um, one other thing that that means that's interesting that I just found out or realized is that Harlock TV started airing before Star Wars was released in Japan because Star Wars didn't get a Japanese release until June 78. Hmm. So it was already well well on its way.
1: Priming the uh, Japanese audience for Star Wars as well, I imagine.
3: <laughs> well, it's just interesting because Star Wars changed so much of the visual language of how things, how space stuff is shot. Like, you can tell Arcadia is post-Star Wars, even if it still has an older feel. Mm.
1: Oh yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, it definitely, That's that's the other part that I think kind of feels very... Very 70s anime is a lot of the uh ship design and combat and explosions and stuff, and some of that is you know just budgetary restrictions and you know trying to make things work. Um, but some of it's definitely
3: things that people were used to. I'm really wondering what the original merch for this series looked like because it feels very late for it, but a lot of the ship designs have a rounded look that I kind of associate with tin toys.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things where I don't know about the the funding for it, whether this was a toy company-funded show or part of it or what, what portion, because um, that was one of those things that, you know... You know, to find a lot of the a lot of Tomino stuff is the toy company the funding mer- for things that the merchability get, of it. Yeah, you know, spaceball's the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't um, say
1: that I I do actually have somewhere two um, Yamato toys that I got from my uncle, um, who was like a teenager in the seventies. And yeah, they're plastic. So I don't know what that uh hmm. what that would translate to for Harlock, but I don't know. It seems plausible that they just were more plastic toys.
3: Yeah, it may just have been that they were still used to the more rounded shapes and mm. the everything is flat didn't really come in until the eighties.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and looking at uh, not that it would have been affected, but uh, first first Gundam didn't start its first episodes didn't uh, its first episode didn't air until April seventh of seventy nine, so a couple months after Harlock finished.
1: Boy, yeah, and then that changed everything. <laughs> sure
0: yeah, and then that that got a whole different thing going which also had its own like episode cutting and stuff and problems with the original release but then the movies became super huge and obviously it's become a little bit popular since then for a while yeah i think that's yeah
3: of it. funny that yamato gundam and macross all had episode cutting and then Wasn't there some episode, oh, this was a hit, Uh, give us some more episodes in the case of (laughs) (laughs) Macross, that leads to some of the weirdness of that story.
1: Mm -hmm. And then leads into our, uh, one of our favorite shows, um, Megazone.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is that it is kind of crazy that Arcadia is only four years after Tarlock TV. Like, the gap feels more than that, though. Sometimes four years in anime time can mean wildly a wild difference in style. That's for sure.
2: I mean, considering that there was only a year between Birth and Megazone, if I recall, I can pretty much believe anything at this point. <laughs> the, the discrepancy <laughs> between those two was astronomical. So. True. Well,
0: I think I think Birth is Birth is also different from from all the other all yeah. the other things before and after. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true, it's true too. <laughs> Um, uh, on difference of designs, that's, that's one of the other ones I think is, is very interesting is just how different the Arcadia is between this and, uh, Arcadia of my youth, where in this design, it's so much sharper and has more like, you know, kind of the short hard lines. And, um, it's so much more, i want to say kind of like industrial looking, Is I guess that's the best word I have for it. um, With the whole front being very different, whereas in the Arcadia of my youth, it's much more looks like a naval ship that's in space. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, can somebody tell me if I'm remembering this wrong? But um, watching the TV show, um, the back has the back of like an actual like galleon, right, style thing, and it. I remember, I, I seem to remember in the movie it was Emerald's ship that had that and not Harlock's. My
2: well,
3: misreading Harlock that? has some element on the back of it in Arcadia, I feel like, but I have to remember that this I
2: song... I want to say as well, yeah, I agree with Mike, but it was much less pronounced than how it is in TV. Like in yeah. TV, like when you see it, it's like, oh yeah, that definitely looks like the back end of a, you know, 14th century pirate ship. So I don't recall having that same feeling in Arcadia.
0: Yeah, and Emeraldus' ship is a space zeppelin.
2: Yeah, it the, the bottom kind of section had the more you know classical yeah. pirate look.
1: Yeah, the bottom of her, the 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 back of her bottom of ship looked more like Harlock ship doesn't TV.
0: Those are uh, there's a lot of really good interesting stuff. Oh, and I had another thing I thought was interesting, which is like an episode ahead of where people got, but it's it's fine. It's not it's no huge thing. Um, so in uh in episode seven. Uh, l- let me know if you've heard a, s- a similar thing to this. Um, like they drop an explosion and they find a partial like into an area and they find a p- mostly buried pyramid in the middle of like a large kind of surrounding area. And then they can go inside of the pyramid. I don't know if you've, we've seen any show before. It has a thing that's has literally the same visuals to it.
4: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, I, that that's in episode seven. I was like, oh, yeah uh yep ano ano saw that and was like hey yeah this is a really cool design proto geofront yep the yep yep the the geofront design and you know he took and made his own thing and did different stuff with it which you know what all good creators do is they're inspired by something mm-hmm. um because that thing is it's not like that the thing that happens there, at least as far as I know from what I've seen in the series thus far is like a critical thing for the whole that the whole show is based around. It's a thing that's in an episode, which is a cool design um, but I just thought it I was like huh okay it's an it's an interesting one there
1: I thought that was pretty neat too like i I don't know as a kid, like I was super into um you know aliens and and all that kind of stuff, so the ancient aliens kind of thing before it was an actual meme. Um, so I like, I thought that was kind of neat in Harlock and I could, I could kind of get a little excited about that where they're like, Oh, they go down and they find this pyramid and inside it is this like alien that's just been asleep and they don't like take her out or like kill her or anything. Right. They just kind of leave her there. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. There's so many interesting philosophical things that, that, the show does and they don't hit you over the head with it. They're no, they don't tell you exactly everything. Harlick's just like, no, we're going to leave that. We're just, we're not, we're not going to touch that. We're just going to go. It's fine. Um, and then you have from the, you know, the youth perspective, you have Diva who gets like super pissed about this Mm -hmm. and everything. He's just like, why, why are you doing this? Why aren't you killing everyone?
1: It's so wild that that Harlock just lets him do all that stuff <laughs> to his detriment even.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, Harlock is he's very much. He's like, "Oh, all right. Well, you want to be a youthful idiot? All right. Maybe uh, I kind of hope you don't die doing it, but you know, it's fair." <laughs> it's your funeral. Yeah, yeah, it, it quite literally could be. It's one of the I, I think the uh the Mazone are a cool. I think they're a very cool enemy. Um Mhm. Um, you know, as they, they say, the, the terrifying Mazon. and they are terrifying in in quite a few ways. They can they continue to get more and more um, interesting and and terrifying as as the show goes on. So I'm quite curious to see where it goes and how it how it gets there. Um, but I definitely think they're they're a cool alien uh, enemy, and yeah, and it's it's cool they have this uh, ancient aliens before it was uh, you know memeing memeing itself from people watching
3: harlock and or not watching harlock i mean i feel like it was kind of uh still very much a thing right around late 70s like i'm remembering that old was it leonard nimoy narrated tv series in search of that was like bigfoot and ufos and ancient mm-hmm. aliens mm-hmm. and sure. that apparently started in 78 um
0: Mm-hmm. So it was definitely part of and, the guys, you know. You and, had
3: yeah. like new agey pyramid power, all sorts of stuff. So, like it was that era. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I thought it was cool um, when they, they introduced the Mazone in the episode. What the the woman who burns like paper? Uh, I thought that was neat. Just the the phrase is cool sounding. And the the visual is is pretty neat.
0: Were you talking about the actual burning or that episode card title? Because the episode card titles again a plus. It's yeah, so yeah. good.
1: Both of those things. Like I I love the the title and the the, the burning is neat. It's just a neat I idea. would say
2: in in general the titles for each episode are, in my opinion, very carefully thought out and yeah are just really good. I agree. Like the woman who burns like paper. Like what a. I mean, gosh, I can't think of a- anime. Like, modern day anime, right? You don't even think about, like, episode titles anymore because it seems to be almost like a lost art. <laughs> it's with it's like naming an episode.
0: No, you can say, and again, with that, it's like, it's this really cool, like, kind of subtle and introspective, interesting title that kind of, like, matters and sucks you in, but it doesn't really tell you anything, but it mm-hmm. also kind of does. And, like, um,. That, I think that's that's one of the things that I really love about the whole show is there's so much of it that it's done in that style where there's things that it tells you and other things that you're kind of like all right well here's here's an interesting thing
1: yeah, I'm like going through the titles and uh, it, we mentioned this in uh in our chat, but like the the next step previews basically spoil the twist of the upcoming episode so often and the the titles often looking at a lot of them they can sp- they all mention the kind of main feature that would be spoiled by the preview. But like, if you didn't know that it would be kind of an interesting like hint, like, Oh, I wonder what that means.
0: Yeah. I've taken to, after the first two or three apps, I just like, it's like, Nope, I don't watch the previews. I just, I just, I skip those. (laughs) They're not, they're not giving me more service service. And so (laughs) I, um, yeah i've been skipp I've been skipping over the previews, so I don't know if that's helped the the viewing experience or not probably um
1: do you guys think that um uh, Mazone is supposed to be Amazon like not literally, but like um they're like we've got this race of aliens, they're all women, and they're all like plant creatures um and then they, in that one episode where they go down, they actually go to the Amazon. I was like, hmm, is that a deliberate connection or just a coincidence?
0: Like a transliteration kind of thing, or?
1: Yeah, well, just like, you know, the yeah. T- yeah. Amazon women kind of thing and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, where they're just like, oh, we'll just, we'll just cut off the A and they're the Mazone.
3: It wouldn't surprise me
2: yeah, it's I mean certainly plausible. Otherwise it seems at first I was a little confused because they just start talking about the mazone and I thought they were mm. like topping talking about like a zone uh, like a zone in space <laughs> called the mazone. I'm like what? what are they talking Ma, about? Ma, the, the Ma... Ma. Right, exactly. I'm like, uh, and then you find out that oh no, the mazone is the name of the race. Got it. Okay, good enough. The
3: Mazone, land of
2: pain.
0: Uh. That's, that's it's the ma zone yeah it's it's uh, this it turns out all of harlock is but a moat in in ma's eye
1: (laughs) old man butt old man (laughs) let's say it is old man hairy butt crack yeah uh
0: it's all so we can now connect the leiji verse inside of the abyss verse and everything is everything is being drawn into the abyss i wouldn't even be mad about that honestly Um, so I have another crazy thing going back to everything is Evangelion. Um, which is that Harlock, from a lot of, like, the color and the designs and stuff.
2: Are you going to say that he's Gendo?
0: Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good Gendo. Yep. 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 He's good Gendo. I mean, you know,
2: the throne he sits in. You know, Gendo's chair, the man of few words, but many actions. Um,
0: Mysterious, mysterious things at times and letting people get themselves killed.
2: Yeah, except Harlock doesn't let that happen to his own biological son.
0: Right. Like I said, like Harlock Harlock is is good, is good Gendo. So it's like, again, Ano, you know, you know, he obviously hugely inspired, you know, by this as every other animator who's worked and was, you know, I don't know how old Ano was when this came out, but it was one of the things that probably made him, you know, because what his first, his first real work was under uh, Itano for Macross, right? And he basically just like showed Mm -hmm. up and said, let me, let me work. And the guy's like, all right, I'll put you to work um so anyone who was working then had obviously seen this show and was hugely influenced by it oh for sure you couldn't be um
2: because looping back again the whole one of the catalysts for this episode right was kind of doing a for for all of us is to kind of pay homage to leiji matsumoto right because he passed away what early february of 2023 so, you know. yes, and outside of Mike, I mean, most of us really hadn't knew of his material, but really, most, for at least for me, it was, for me, all I really knew was he he knew how to draw a couple of character styles, <laughs> and he loved space, <laughs> and he loved to write space opera, and that's kind of what I wrote it off as. And, and now I I definitely have more appreciation for kind of what he's done and what he's inspired. I think you're right, though; he's massively influential to any animator that we currently worship i would assume i mean you...
3: particularly going back to yamato because yamato essentially created anime fandom in japan is my understanding and america to a large extent both trace back to yamato
2: i didn't realize yamato like penetrated the us market that early
3: it was brought over as star blazers in um well, I'll have to look up the exact year, but it was pretty early. Like, there's a reason. One of the first anime-specific cons in the U.S. was Yamato Con. Nineteen
2: seventy-nine is its first run syndication as Star Blazers, according to Wikipedia. So mm-hmm. it came about five years later, which I guess that tracks because that's it came out in seventy-four in Japan. So
3: yeah, Yamato Con probably the first American fan convention entirely devoted to Japanese animation happened in 1983, so... No Yamato, a lot of things that we just take for granted wouldn't have happened the way they did. They might still have happened, but it wouldn't necessarily have been exactly the way it was, or it wouldn't have been until later, or...
0: Fascinating. Yeah, it's hard to, uh... You know, you can't... Deconstruct the history of something as as influential as as all of this stuff that that Matsumoto's done because it's just it's impossible. The ripples are everywhere, you know. You know now we're down to people that are you know, you know a lot of the new directors and people and doing stuff for people that were directly in fact directly affected by you know probably watching stuff older than newer than Eva. Eva is probably before the age of a lot of newer directors <laughs> oh. and people out there. You know, like that's that's reality. That's time yeah um that's actually a good point. I'm wondering
2: the what the average age of like a mainstream anime series director is these days. I'd like to think that it's still relatively old just you know but i i mean obviously i'm I'm in my own like kind of bubble here i I only pay attention to shows I enjoy obviously, and those are generally directed by people who i you know have watched historically so but i I do wonder what the average age of your average you know anime like creative stuff is now
0: yeah that's hard to say like like just looking at it just like Rintaro when he did uh when they did um Harlock he was like 38 um which is you know that's a you know not the beginning of a of a career and it probably wasn't his first but he's directed a million things and storyboarded everything forever for a long time um but that's you know something of someone who's in a you know a prime of their career is usually considered kinda like, you know, thirties to fifties or so and sounds about particularly... right for
1: someone to have worked their way yeah. up there.
0: Yeah. Um But it's it's that's that's a hard one to yeah, that's a hard one to know like how
3: Yeah, Noburo Ishiguro would have been about 40 when he directed the second Yamato series. Wasn't the director of the first one, though he had storyboarded some apps, but then the second one that came out roughly the same time as Harlock, uh, let's see, when did it? A bit later, it started airing in October 78, so...
0: So if we say that it's that you know most directors for a thing you know these days are you know call them roughly you know thirty five to thirty five to forty five for a a thing you know that puts most of them in the Eva generation.
2: Yeah, that's what that sounds about right.
0: Um, um, you know, which is certainly a whole generation removed from this. So a lot of them, you know, like us, probably haven't actually seen harlock some of them i'm sure many have but some of them a good number probably haven't just because there's more stuff and every year there's something more to watch and mm-hmm. not watch and work and do all those things yeah there's, well there's and, no and
2: shortage ultimately if you i feel like also if you want to actually make this a profession you need to kind of look at things that are currently you know relevant like i don't think for example you know somebody who Tries to make a show very much like Harlock. Now would make, the show may not have a lot of success. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. based on t- current not just animation techniques, but also like you know how plots are, you know how they how, how plots progress and things like that have changed as well across the decades. So I feel like I
1: think you can make it. It just would be very different. Yeah, for and sure. It, would, it, but... it could be popular.
2: I don't deny it, but I'm just saying if you were to, like, mimic how it was made from that, era. if you were, say, a person in 2023 trying to, you know, uh, and you're only referencing things from the 70s and 80s, I don't know how successful that would be if if that was your only reference for what anime is, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah.
3: Yeah, this more directly influenced the generation of anime creators that we grew up with. For sure. Like, the first otaku anime generation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. Like the
1: end of the professionals and the beginnings of the fans.
3: That became professionals pretty quickly, like. Yeah, yeah. Just for a random example of how influenced, um way back at PMX twenty twelve, a friend had me commission something Mazinger from Siyoshi and Onaka in the artist alley, who was a guest of honor that year. He's a mostly, like, graphic artist mecha toy designer for things like um, some of the Mazen Kaiser stuff, most famously the Power Rangers, or, you know, the Super Sentai mecha from that series. Um, But buried, and in his Artist Alley list, he had a commission menu that had almost, you know, ev- all sorts of different classic mecha shows under the sun, and then also had their buried... Leiji Matsumoto characters. So I had to ask, and apparently he had one of the ways he had gotten started in art was drawing Matsumoto characters when he was in middle school. (laughs) And so I actually commissioned a few from him, and I have essentially pro fan art of some Matsumoto (laughs) characters by the Power Rangers mecha designer that's, that's cool. and that's that's about as that's
0: about as level 99 otaku as you can get that's pretty um so we are about out of time here so i'll kind of uh send around for uh final thoughts on initial you know the initial segment of harlock tv and uh i'll start with myself just for the heck of it uh i've very pleasantly surprised by this show, and I think it's—I think a lot of it holds up really well. And would I recommend it to anyone? No, probably not. But uh, I would certainly recommend anyone who's like even modestly curious about the show, or is like, yeah, maybe, and be like, you know, no, it's a—it's a really good show that still holds up today. Is my—is my take on it. I will passed to Sam.
1: Yeah, I I can echo all of that like I I didn't super love the show, but I was never like I was always entertained and I always enjoyed watching it. Um it wasn't it was just below the like I can't wait to watch the next episode. Um So, yeah, if you're interested in if you have at all curious definitely check it out because it's worth your time there are some there's some genius stuff in there for sure uh, and Particularly one of the literally
3: when the alternative is watching what's new in winter 2023
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but i one thing that i did uh i thought was weird then was that the the cook and the doctor really feels like most of the time they're just ad libbing their lines this <laughs> is so weird. Like, oh, oh, oh. I mean they're drink the sake and oh oh, oh it's a cat. Let's get the cat. Like like kind of like mumbling and just trying to like fill lip flaps or something. I don't know. but that was pretty funny.
0: That's possible. It could be that they they were like, uh ah, we gotta get this out. They're they're doing something. You guys you gotta you gotta lip flap it to make it yeah. match. Okay.
4: Yeah. Get it done. Uh
0: let's go with Nick.
2: Yeah, despite having only watched five episodes, that was more out of time constraints than out of enjoyment. I think it started a hair slow, but still gave enough to, you know, kind of entice me, considering its age. I mean, it's aged quite well. I can't think of too many things that would age this well, as well as this, uh, even with, like, adjusting your lens for the era. It uh, gives me a lot more respect to Matsumoto and his influence and what he actually accomplished in a career. I, I think he, no doubt, is monumental in how anime kind of has developed across across the years. So uh, I'm glad I, I gave it a chance. I appreciate the experience. I appreciated the movie. I appreciated what I've watched of the show. Uh, while I continue to watch all of it, likely not. But that doesn't mean that it's not worth your time is what I'll say. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my take.
1: Oh, and, and don't judge Harlock by Arcadia of my youth. Just watch the TV first.
0: Mr. Mike.
3: Yeah, as usual for some of the older Matsumoto stuff, I love the aesthetics, even if they're a little odd, kind of, in the, you know, they don't feel totally proportional a lot of the time and there are some kind of weird angles on things and otherwise, but in some ways it feels it feels closer to the way Matsumoto actually draws than the later stuff, and I had somewhat forgotten that, you know, just as far as how the character designs are rendered, and it has some very interesting aesthetics of its own, and once you get used to the pacing, it does and get past the first steps, it does start to pick up. Um, There are times I really wonder, you know, I get kind of annoyed at all of the Mayu scenes sometimes, because she doesn't feel like she adds a whole lot to the series, except giving any of us a reason to care whether Earth gets blown up, (laughs) because the rest of the Earthlings don't do much for it on that account. (laughs) Uh, So, kind of a confused muddle, but I like this series. (laughs) I may finish rewatching it after this, we'll see.
0: Another random thing that I thought was very interesting is that uh, they state clearly that, unless I I totally miss something, that there's only 5 million people on Earth.
3: Yeah, I noticed that too, which feels like, you know, and off by a factor of a thousand, probably, unless... One just assumes that something really catastrophic happened that we haven't seen or that once space travel was invented, most people left. I'm not sure which is supposed to be the backstory there.
0: Yeah, I thought that was just like such an interesting thing. Like, huh, five million. Like, it's not like it's just yeah, it's a very small number. It's not like there, not like there was 10 million people on Earth in 1979 or
3: anything. Yeah, like, it feels off because the scale of the city we're shown feels like something that might hold 5 million people.
0: Yeah, 10. I mean, but yeah, it yeah, definitely feels weird there. So, isn't it one of those other kind of interesting little things? And you're like, oh, well, you know, it could have been a screw-up in the script, but probably not. Mm-hmm. And they leave us kind of guessing a little bit there, which is, uh, you know, I like that. You get, to, you get to fill in some of your own details. So, speaking of filling in details, I will fill in the details that next episode is We Don't Know. So, you'll find out when the episode comes out. Until next time, this is A.M.O. Kenzoku saying ba.